0: But good morning. morning. Uh, Let's just get things out of the way. I am not Lonnie. (laughs) Those of you who are visiting here this morning, (laughs) I am not Lonnie. Uh, So you were planning on hearing Lonnie this morning. I invite you to come back next week. (laughs) And I am sure Lonnie and his beautiful family will be pleased to greet you and welcome you here at Four Corners I am Pastor Tony Carter and I bring you greetings from East Point Church If you are delighted to visit East Point Church next week Then I and my family will greet you <laughs> Warmly um, but I am so glad that um, I've had the opportunity to come And to fellowship with you this morning And to stand in the place of my brother this morning And hopefully encourage your hearts And remind you of who Christ is and all that he has done for us this morning. I'm praying uh, that your elders are indeed encouraged as the Lord would have them to be where they are this morning and that they would come back um, renewed and strengthened and with a clear vision of what Christ would have them to do and how he would have you to serve in this corner of his vineyard. So thank you. Thank you for the invitation this morning. Well, we've come this morning to share a word with you from the Gospel of John. So if you have your Bibles on your tablets or on your phone, if you would, I'll make your way to John chapter 11. It's a familiar passage of Scripture. We'll read John chapter 11, verses 1 through 27 this morning. An inspired word of God reads as follows. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and his sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sister sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. It's for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister, and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, Let us go to Judea again. And the disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you, and you are going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. After saying these things, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus has spoken of his death, but they thought that he meant taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus has died. And for your sake, I am glad that I was not there so that you may believe. But let us go to him. So Thomas, called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. who is coming into the world. The word of God has been read in our hearing. Let us pray that the Lord would make it effectual in our hearts this morning. Heavenly Father, we do ask and thank you that you are a great and gracious God, and that you are great and greatly to be praised, that you have lifted up our hearts and our minds, that we might know who you are, and do that for which we have been created. Worship, adore And know and enjoy you. We do ask that you would come now by your spirit. Point us to Jesus. And even now, that he might be a new Christ to us. As we meditate upon your word. We ask in Jesus name. Amen. Everyone has regrets. I'm always amazed when I hear people reflect upon their lives and they make the statement, well, I have no regrets. I think to myself, what what world did they live in? There must be some other Well, they must be from a dimension and time and space where every decision and choice was perfectly calculated and every contingency known and the perfect conclusion reached and thus the ideal decision made every time. That sounds something like out of the Twilight Zone. I don't know anyone who lives in that space. At least I don't. Regret is one of the most common emotions in the human experience. We all experience regret. People regret words spoken in anger. People regret not having a chance to resolve conflicts before death. Some people regret working too much and not vacationing more. Some people regret not having more children. Others regret not spending enough time with the children that they have. People regret wasting time. In fruitless and frivolous and ungodly relationships or not taking a job or not staying in school or not being more health conscious. Many of us regret not coming to the Lord sooner in our lives. My high school football coach was fond of, of saying of all the words of tongue and pen, the saddest are what might have been. What might have been. What, what might have been if I had just paid a little more attention to detail. Practiced a little harder. Studied a little better. Listened to my coaches or my teachers. Regret is real. And the Bible is filled with people who experienced Regret. Abraham regretted offering his wife to the king. Joseph regretted sharing his dream with his brothers. His brothers regretted selling Joseph into slavery. Moses regretted killing the Egyptian. David regretted taking the census. Paul regretted, Peter regretted denying the Lord and Paul regretted persecuting the church. But perhaps no one experienced more regret than Adam and Eve. In fact, regret has been a part of the human experience ever since. And yet, beloved, I would suggest to you this morning that there is one. That there is one in Scripture who amazingly was not touched by the emotion of regret. One, and his name is Jesus. The man Jesus lived his life with a deliberateness and purpose where every step was measured, every word intentional, Jesus had no regrets because he knew what he was doing, when he was doing it, and why he did it. He knew his goal. He knew his purpose. The goal was always the glory of God. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And knowing this, and having this as the theme of his life, he lived with no regrets. And the resurrection was the reason. Jesus had no regrets because he lived every moment of his life in light of the resurrection. Jesus knew the resurrection was coming, and thus he could face every moment of whatever came without regret. And I want to suggest to you this morning That the resurrection is the key to us overcoming our regrets as well. The resurrection is the key. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 58, the Bible tells us that the resurrection is the reason that our living and our labors are not in vain. The resurrection. God Is bringing his people into resurrection life. That is the goal. That is the goal. The resurrection is the reason anything in life matters. The resurrection is the reason that your life has purpose. And the more that we live in light of the resurrection, The more purposeful, the more fulfilling our life in Christ becomes. Without it, without the resurrection, life is meaningless. It has no point, it has no purpose. That's why the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15 and 32 if the dead are not raised, If the dead are not raised, then let us eat and drink. For tomorrow we die. Vanity of vanities. All is vanity. Jesus came into the world to remind us that in him, Life is not vanity. Why? Because of the resurrection. The goal is resurrection life. That's the goal. Okay, that's the goal of our living. That's the goal of our instruction. What do you want to be? I want to be resurrected that's the goal that's the ultimate goal of living to experience the resurrection of Jesus Christ the goal of life is not a high-rise in Manhattan it is not it is not a villa out on the Monterey it is not a standing tea time at Pebble Beach Though I'll take that if anybody's offering. (laughs) That is not the goal. The goal is resurrection life. This is why it is important to understand the point and the purpose of the resurrection of Jesus. John... Chapter 11 is the key chapter in the Gospel of John. For it is after Jesus raises Lazarus that his enemies determine that the time has come. It is here that Jesus demonstrates his point and purpose for coming. The grandest of his revelations are here. This account, John chapter 11. This is why it's so important the point and the purpose of the resurrection of Jesus and him using this resurrection of Lazarus to make it. Whatever God is doing in your life, beloved, this morning, whatever God is doing in your life, I want to suggest to you that the resurrection is the reason. He's bringing you to resurrection life whatever it is, the goal is so that you might ultimately experience resurrection. That's the reason. And that you would experience it today, and more importantly, that you would experience it for all eternity. This is why we can say, whatever God is doing, the resurrection is the reason. Whatever he's doing. John chapter 11, Jesus was making his way to Jerusalem. He was making his way to Jerusalem for the final time. He had been in Jerusalem several times before, and each time that he had gone to Jerusalem, things got more and more and more intense. And he knew that going to Jerusalem this time would be the most intense of all. But before he could actually get going to Jerusalem, the Bible says that he received word. He received word that his dear friend Lazarus had taken ill, seriously ill. Lazarus' sisters, whom Jesus knew well, Mary and Martha, sent word to Jesus Jesus, come quickly. They feared. They feared, beloved, they feared for the worse. And even though Jesus knew Mary and Martha and Lazarus intimately, the Bible says Jesus loved Mary and Martha, and he loved Lazarus dearly, even though he loved them dearly. In verse 6 of chapter 11, it says, So when he heard Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. Jesus held up his going to Bethany two more days. The delay of two more days in Bethany and the travel time would mean by the time Jesus did get there, Lazarus would surely be dead. Why the delay? Why the hold-up? Well, I hope you heard me earlier when I said that the resurrection is the reason. And the resurrection is the reason for the hold-up. The resurrection is the reason for Jesus holding his place In Bethany, beloved, like so many times in our lives, the reason for a thing, the purpose and plan of God, is not readily or easily clear to us. But understand, for Jesus, it was always clear. Always understood. In John chapter nine, just a couple chapters before, in John chapter nine, verses three and five, there was a man who had been born blind, and his disciples come to Jesus and said, "Jesus, why was this man born blind?" And Jesus says, "The man was born blind for the glory of God. You don't understand the purpose. You don't understand the reason." He was born, beloved, don't miss it. He was born so that he and the world might know that Jesus is the light of the world. Who else knew that besides Jesus? Lazarus would die for the glory of God. He would die so that he and we might know that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And so we see in Jesus' hesitation. Jesus hesitates. When Jesus gets the word, you would think that the first and natural reaction would be to head out for Bethany immediately. I mean, that's what we would do, right? A dear loved one is is ill Has perhaps Entered into hospice care We would drop Whatever we were doing And get there Immediately And if Jesus doesn't go right now Well we know what we would say Jesus If you don't get moving right now You might Regret it. You might regret it. The hour is late. Time is ticking. Lord, don't you know what time it is? The Lord hesitates. The Lord hesitates. But what we see is, As hesitation in God, beloved, is just calculation. Jesus knew where Lazarus was. Jesus knew what time it was. He knew what time it was for Lazarus. He knew what time it was for Mary. He knew what time it was for Martha. He knew what Mary and Martha didn't. And that is he always knows what time it is. The Lord always knows what time it is. Why the delay? It was Dr. King who famously said that justice delayed is justice denied. But we must always remember that with God, beloved, mercy delayed is not mercy denied. God knows what time it is. He knows what time it is. And that's why he has no regrets. How often, how often have have you found yourself praying like the psalmist in Psalm 13, verses 1 and 2? How long, O Lord? How long? Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? How long? How often have you prayed to the Lord, asking the Lord, how long? What time is it? When we find ourselves in difficult times and troubling circumstances, beloved, here's the thing. We need God's help. We want God's help. It is reasonable to expect God's help. It is reasonable to call upon God and expect God to help And therefore, it was reasonable for Mary and Martha to expect Jesus to come and for Jesus to help. That's the reasonable thing. And when we make a reasonable request and heaven is silent, what happens? I mean we're not we're not asking anything of God that would seem unreasonable. We're in trouble, God. And only you can help. And when you ask God, make a reasonable request. And heaven is silent. What happens? Well, we experience anxious days, don't we? Sleepless nights. Prayer after prayer and no change. And then what happens? Well, we begin to search our lives. Did I I do something wrong? Have I been praying right? Did I offend? Can you hear Mary and Martha thinking, where's Jesus? Did we offend him the last time he was here? Was the wine sour? Was the food cold? Has the Lord turned his face from me? Where is God? Where is Jesus? Listen, beloved. The holdup is part of God's plan. The silence is part of the solution. God knows what time it is. The Bible tells us in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9 the Lord is not slow concerning his promises as some understand slowness you do understand that with God all delays are just temporary Whatever delay you are experiencing in God, it is just temporary. It is just momentary. No matter how long they seem, because delays, beloved, and don't forget this, delays belong to this momentary and temporary life. All of them long they may seem and beloved they can seem like a lifetime God's goal is not your glory in this life but the glory of the resurrection in the life to come that's what the Bible says 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 17 For this light, momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. All comparison. So let's put it this way. Let's put it this way. The reason for the hold up is because God is planning to show up. And the longer the hold up, the greater the show up. I'm going to repeat that. The reason for the hold up is because God is planning to show up. And the longer the hold up, the greater to show up. Jesus, beloved, could have left right away and been there before Lazarus died. No, he could have done better than that. He could have been there when Lazarus first took ill. No, he could have done better than that. He could have stopped the sickness all He could have come to Lazarus on the first day. He could have come to Lazarus on the second day. He could have come to Lazarus on the third day. But the longer the hold up, the greater the show up. Beloved, he, he could have cured the cancer in the first month. It could have cured the cancer in the fifth month. But the longer the holdup, the greater the show up. He could have saved your son or daughter last year. Your friend or co-worker two years ago. He could have saved you 10 years ago. But the longer the hold up, the greater the show up. And Jesus held up because it is in the resurrection that he plans to really show up. The reason for the holdup is because the resurrection is on the way. And this is the reason that you and I have help. This is why you have help. This is why help is coming. The resurrection is the reason for the holdup and the resurrection is the reason that you and I have help. You do understand that the disciples didn't want to go back to Jerusalem. The disciples did not want to go back to Bethany. They didn't want to go back to Jerusalem. In verse 8 of chapter 11, they say to Jesus, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you. And you want to go back there again? And Jesus responds to them by saying, reminding us that Jesus did not come into the world to fear. He is not in fear of the darkness. He came to overcome the darkness. The disciples were afraid. Hey, the disciples were afraid. And what were they afraid of? Were they afraid, they were afraid of what most of us are afraid of. They were afraid of the dark. The dark. Most people are afraid of the dark. A recent survey in Great Britain was was taken that suggested that 64% of adults are afraid of the dark. Now that's just the ones who are honest about it. (laughs) You ever wonder why horror films are all filmed in the dark? Because according to the movies, I guess, nothing scary happens during the day. Everything scary is at night. Because people are afraid of the dark. And why are we afraid of the dark? Because the dark represents the unknown. You don't know who, and you don't know what is in the dark. You become afraid of the unknown. And notice what Jesus says. Jesus says, but I am not afraid of the dark because I know exactly where I'm going and I know exactly what I'm going to do. And so he says to the disciples in verse 11, our friend Lazarus is asleep and he needs our help. He needs our help. And the disciples Got excited. Well, Jesus, then we don't have to go to Jerusalem then. If he's just asleep, then he really doesn't need our help. And we don't have to go to Jerusalem. And the Bible says in verse 14, write, write, for your sake, Lazarus is not asleep, boys. Lazarus is dead. Lazarus is dead. And he needs help. But so do you. But so do you. To be reminded that Jesus did not come to wake up those who are sleeping He came to seek the lost. He came to raise the dead. He came to give life. This is what salvation is, beloved. is what salvation is. Salvation is life to the dead. That's what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1. Before Christ, we were all dead in our transgressions and sins. Christ came to raise the dead. And there is no greater need, and thus there is no greater help than to be raised from the dead. That's the ultimate help. That every person needs. That's the help that Lazarus needed. That's the help the disciples needed. That's the help you and I needed. That is the help that every man and woman in the world needs. And I know we all think we need help at various times. Someone needs, sometimes we need help to move. Sometimes we need help and somebody helping us get a job. Sometimes we need help in school. Sometimes we need help to find a... Wife, or a husband, or to find a church. And all of these things are good. And we can find ourselves a way to help each other in these. But yours and my greatest need this morning only Jesus can help there. It's not moving, it's not getting better grades. It's not even finding a church home. The greatest help that you and I need is to be raised from the dead. And only Jesus can help us there. And beloved, if you don't understand salvation as being raised from the dead, by Christ then you don't understand salvation dead people can't help dead people and the reason Christ can help is because Christ is alive it's the reason he can help it's because he is alive we call on a living savior if All Jesus did, beloved, don't miss this. If all Jesus did was die on the cross, he couldn't help you. He couldn't help you. Dead people can't help anyone. But the reason Jesus can help is because Jesus is alive. We worship the God, the Bible says who raised Christ from the dead. That is the God we worship. Our help is not in ourselves. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 9. But our help comes from God who raises the dead. That's our help. And the God who raised Jesus from the dead is the God who can help me. Is the God who helps you. And all of our help then, all of our help, all of our help comes from the Lord. What Lord? The Lord who is raised from the dead. The Lord who promises to raise you too. This is our help. Beloved, the only reason, the only reason that you can call upon Jesus and expect help is because Jesus is raised from the dead. The only reason while you and I can expect help from heaven is because of the resurrection. The resurrection is the reason. The resurrection is why it makes sense. It's the reason for the hold up because that's where he's bringing us to. It's the reason for the help because it's where your help is grounded in the God who raises the dead. And this is the reason we have hope. This is the reason we have hope this morning. The Re- resurrection is the reason you have hope. When Jesus finally arrived in Bethany, chapter 11, verse 17, the Bible says that Lazarus had already been dead four days. Four days, beloved. Lazarus had been dead four days. And in those four days, they had probably lost all hope that Jesus was coming. imagine that. You ask Jesus to come. Lazarus is not dead. He's sick. He's he's gravely sick, but you call upon Jesus and you are assured that Jesus loves you. Jesus is not lost. He knows where you live. And you call upon him and you watch as Lazarus deteriorates moment by moment. Hour by hour. And every moment, you're looking down the road, and you're looking for Jesus, and he doesn't show up. And after the first day, you're like, okay, 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 Lazarus is, is dead, but Jesus going to come today. Jesus going to come today, and it's going to be all right. And the second day, and all the people start showing up. And they begin to mourn. And and you say, no, 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 no. We ain't crying yet. We ain't crying yet. Jesus is coming. I sent word. He's coming. And then the third day sets in. And you begin to doubt. And then the fourth day sets in. And all hope is gone. We got to put him in the tomb. We got to seal it up. He's gone. And then Jesus shows up. Really? Really? Then Jesus shows up. And when Martha heard that Jesus was coming. She got up. She ran out to meet him. And what does she do? She expresses her regret. Verse 21. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. My beloved, I want to suggest to you this morning that this is not a rebuke of Jesus. I don't, I, don't, I don't think she's blaming Jesus here. She's she's grieved and she's sad. I don't think she's blaming Jesus here as some people might do today. But I think this is a statement, just a statement of grief. Her brother's lost. She's, he's lost to them, and, and we understand the emotion. He has been lost to them for 4 days. It is a statement of grief, but it is also beloved a statement of fact. That's a fact. If Jesus had come earlier, surely Lazarus would still been alive. She's not stating an untruth. If God had come sooner, it would have spared me many days of anxiety and sleepless nights. Beloved, that is true. I can testify to that. If God had just come when I wanted him to come and did what I wanted him to do, how I wanted him to do it, I'd have got a lot more restful nights. That is true, and it is true. If Jesus had showed up earlier, Lazarus would not have died. It's a statement of grief. It is a statement of fact. Beloved, I also want to make the point that it is also a statement of faith. And she goes on to say, but Lord, however long it took you, you are here now and there is hope. You are here now, and there is hope. Listen, listen, beloved. Grief and loss are as common to those trusting in Christ as it is to those who don't. We suffer grief. We suffer loss. The difference is that we don't grieve as the world grieves. In First Thessalonians chapter 4 and 13, but rather we grieve in hope. Our grieving is not unto despair. We have hope. We have hope because death is not the final word. Jesus is. That's why we have hope. Because whatever, whatever loss or whatever grief we suffer in this world, even if it's loss and grief unto death, death does not have the final word. Jesus does. Jesus does. That's what Martha was saying. Lord, my brother been dead four days, but you get the final word. Is he going to stay there? Or is something going to be different? But you get the final word. You get to decide. You have the final say. We put our trust and hope in you. We put our trust and hope in you. And notice that Jesus gave her hope. He gave her hope in a general sense. In verse 23, he says, your brother will rise again. Your brother will rise again. Now, notice Martha's response in verse 24. She says, I know he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. We all, we all know that. We all believe that. That's what the catechism says. That's what it says in the confession. That's what we memorize when we memorize the creed, where it says, I believe in the resurrection of the dead. Yes, I know that. But he just didn't give her hope in the general sense. He gave her hope in a more specific sense. In verse 25 when he says, Ah, but Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. To really believe in the resurrection is to believe in Jesus. And beloved, it is not the creed that makes the resurrection true is Jesus. It's not the catechism where we place our trust and give us hope. It's trust and hope in Jesus. It is not any resurrection that matters. It's the resurrection of Jesus. Faith is not in a creed. Faith is in the one to whom the creed points. It's Jesus. It's not hope in the resurrection, Martha. I'm not asking you to believe in the resurrection. I'm asking you to believe in me, not some theory, but in me. I am the resurrection the resurrection is Jesus is Jesus it is not hope in the resurrection we have beloved it is hope in Jesus and the resurrection comes not from believing In the resurrection, it comes from believing in Jesus, trusting in Jesus. That's what you got to believe this morning. That's what you got to believe this morning. Believe in Jesus. Believe Jesus is the resurrection. Believe Jesus is raised from the dead. Believe that Jesus will raise you too. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? If you do, let me be the first one to tell you that regrets will come. But it don't matter. Because the resurrection of Jesus got those covered. you believe that? Mistakes will be made. But it don't matter. The resurrection got those covered too. You believe that and sin will be committed. But it don't matter. Because the resurrection's got those covered as well. This is the point. This is the point. There is hope. There is hope. Because Jesus has the final word. And the final word is resurrection to life. That's the final word. I, you know, beloved, I use pencils. I was raised using pencils. I still use pencils. I like pencils. I like the feel of pencils in my hand and on the page. I like the sound of a pencil. And when I write books or sermons Articles or whatever I'm writing, I write them out in pencil before I even put them on the computer. I know it's a waste of time. <laughs> but beloved, I also like pencils because I can't erase. And so I probably like pencils most because I make so many mistakes. And I write something and then I regret what I wrote. And I usually wear out an eraser long before I wear out a pencil because there's so much in my life, that I regret. But, beloved, the resurrection is the great eraser. The resurrection is the great eraser. My life, with all of its mistakes and all of the regrets, is written in pencil. And when Jesus comes, the resurrection erases. It all. That's why, beloved, that's why I don't let my mistakes this morning, I don't let my mistakes bring me to despair. I don't let my sin bring me low because Jesus is raised from the dead. And because he lives... I can face tomorrow, and because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know who holds the future, and life is worth the living just because. He lives. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Do you believe that? The resurrection is the reason that all fear can be gone. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we are moved this morning to reflect upon the life of our Savior and all that He did and all that He is doing for us, in us, and unto Your glory. We thank you this morning for the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the promise of life that that resurrection brings to us. We thank you for our Savior, our risen Savior. We thank you for the help and the hope that we have in him. And I pray, Lord, that everyone under the sound of my voice is living in the light and the hope of the resurrection in this life and in the life to come. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.